Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Hate People, the podcast whose programming schedule is written on a tesseract and therefore three times early in two additional dimensions, but still late in this one. This is episode 12, recorded Sunday, April 3rd, 2016. I am your host, Simon Potter, and with me is a man of rare wit and charisma. Very, very rare. David Holloway, how are you, sir? Good, thanks, sir. Lovely to be here. And uh, I don't know, we're that late. I mean, it's only been, you know, early February since we last did one of these. That's only two months. Are they supposed to be once a month? I've completely lost track. Allegedly. I think we lost the plot a little bit because uh, let's blame Ben, our co-host for the Flashpoint podcast. I think we uh, shuffled some things around because he was overseas and then I think I got lazy one week and it, it just turned into two months. So my apologies. Mm. Yes, you get, you get what you pay for. Scapegoats are good. I like scapegoats. <laughs> now, speaking of scapegoats, do we have any scapegoats that uh, we can, uh, any of our listenership that we can point fingers at? Oh, we do. And, and in my inimitable way of not preparing, um, I'm just going to quickly have a look now as I load up Twitter and hope it doesn't. I know I'm on the NBN, so it won't crash. All right, so. Uh, Jay Connell, one of our most faithful and valued listeners, actually had three. Um, and I only tweeted this 24 hours before, as usual, so thanks, Jay, for the three. Uh, number one, what I'm having for lunch tweets. Yeah, I agree with that. Where new parents and life is just so nif- different now tweets. So he's put two in there. So people that tweet about what they're having for lunch or how their new parents and life is just so different now. That that is pretty awful. That the lunch is. the lunch ones I'm I'm definitely on on side with that one. The the new parent ones it depends how you do it because, and I I don't know whether Jay's a parent or not. I'm just guessing he is by the cool Mickey Mouse helmet on his head, um, on his Twitter picture. But I know before I became a parent, I was very much yeah. Look, this kid when it comes, not going to change my routine. I, I I'm so sick of these parents that. You know, think that the kid needs to rule the roost. It's going to be different for me. And then the kid comes and you go, oh, God, I had no idea. So I can understand tweeting about that because you're just pure, purely shell-shocked with the either horror or beauty or both of, of parenthood. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny characteristic with people, isn't it? Uh, I think this is this is nature's or uh, perhaps evolution or God, depending on your preferences, uh, way of getting us to do stuff that uh, if we were better informed, we wouldn't touch with the ten foot cattle prod. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the unrelenting ignorance by which we go into these things and the situations we fall into, and the the level of denial that oh, it's not going to affect us, it's not going to. Yeah. Tr- me, I'm me. And then it's a bit like being the, the president of America. You, you go into it with all of these brave ideas and you come out of it completely whipped and with a lot of grey hair. That's right. Hello, Barack Obama. Yes, I'm <laughs> you. I still think you're kind of cool, but my God, man, you've aged. Oh, yeah. And I think the politics one's a really good one. I know we're going to do a little bit of politics in a while. I, I'm always fascinated by, yeah, when people even in Australia become prime minister even though they may have been in politics for a number of years, I still don't think anyone truly understands until they go into that office. They go, oh, shit, this is much different than what I thought it would be. Even if they've been a deputy prime minister, they've seen how most of it works, the reality of being that person. I think it's, yeah, a bit like being a new parent. You go, oh, shit. 
Yeah, except in this case, you're not waiting for the birth of a child. You're waiting for a series of knives to suddenly appear. That's right. Which is inevitable and always happens, and yet they're always so surprised. Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Um, So that was number one from Jay. And then the other one was, uh, and the word community is starting to get under my skin too. This community is so great. Now, he could mean two things there. He could mean as in communities of interest on Twitter or Facebook or musically as one of the new big social media platforms, Snapchat, whatever it is. Or he actually might mean the TV show, which I'm constantly having people talk about how much they love Community because it's got Chevy Chase in it. But I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen any of it, Simon? No, I didn't. I thought, is that even still being shot? I thought that was finished. Oh, it could be too. Maybe the person was raving about it the other day is late to the show. I haven't actually looked looked it up. I assumed it was a newish show. But yeah, for all I know, it could be five years old. I mean, I'm just staggered that Chevy Chase can get a job anywhere. Uh, I don't even know how he'd get a job cleaning streets. You're not a Chevy Chase fan? Uh, no. No, I, I enjoyed uh, the National Lampoon Alliance and I, I thought he did pretty well there. He's fine on SNL, but like uh, like a lot of people in comedy, uh, tends to be as strong as the people around him. I find Dan Aykroyd's a bit like that as a performer. Yeah. Well, he can't carry it on his own. Uh, my What is it? My stepmom's an alien. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. Clubs, I think. Yep. Oh, you just dropped out there for a sec, but not not too bad. And just for the um, for those people screaming at their um, listening device, yeah. So, Community apparently premiered in two thousand and nine, and the last episode was mid last year. Right. Aha! I was right on that. Yes, um, you were. It's amazing how often that works out. See, I'm so switched on that I thought it was a new show and haven't watched any of it. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I will give it a look. Mm. Um, Good idea. Not- Yes. But, but speaking of operating on a minimum of information, um, I believe we're going to have a little chat about the orangutan currently seeking a, uh, a the Republican nomination for president. Yes, we will. I'm just going to very briefly mention Jay Connell's third. Oh, well, there's a third one. I'm oh, yeah, yes, sorry. yes. Um, convenience store cl- clerks. I always go to say clerks. Um, actually... Jay's written it as connivance store, which is probably really quite pertinent. Um, convenience store clerks who insist on giving you a receipt for a dollar and seven cent coffee. No one wants a receipt for a dollar and seven cent coffee. No. Well, it's, it's the ones that you buy a chocolate bar and they, they still insist on giving you a plastic bag. I don't want a bloody plastic. Nah. You'd, you'd like to think in the few years we're going to get over that just from a pure consumption viewpoint. Uh, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, not not our cultural thing, their cultural thing. The uh, the fact is, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, a lot of people that work in convenience stores uh, tend to come from the subcontinent or parts of Southeast Asia. And part of their culture is uh, that it's it's actually embarrassing for them, uh, particularly Southeast Asian um, retailers, for someone to leave the store just holding the object and not, yeah, that's not right. buy a bag. So that's that's something hopefully that will uh, they'll they'll stop doing. Yes, as assimilation kicks in a little. But yes, it's a, it is terribly wasteful, and they some they get so offended if you give it back to them. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, but yeah, sorry to wreck your segue. So I mean, maybe you should say something like, speaking of plastic bags and how I'd like to put someone over one over someone's head and tie it at the bottom. Let's talk about Donald Trump. 
No, no, you, you, you're like an incontinent dog. You just pissed all over the wedding album. Yeah, I know. Wind everything forever. <laughs> all right, well, back to you, Mr. Host. <laughs> Don, do- Donald Trump. Talk. Donald Trump. Trump. How much, how much, sorry, I should take some back. It was at which, uh, which comedian was it? Because, oh, it was... Um, John Oliver. It was too. It was John Oliver. Um, got the whole Donald Trump thing. Did it get actually much traction? It, it's always hard to assess these things. Well, um, HBO had to order a, a, a two different uh, batches of hats. Okay. I, I think, yes, it got some traction. Good. Um, so it, got, I, it got more traction than pretty much anything else that's not pro-Trump got, uh, which is to say a bit, but it didn't stick. He, he is the Teflon candidate. There is no two ways about that. Even, even now, I suspect that that's still the case. Yeah, see, I think the Teflon's starting to crack a bit. But um, I know last episode we, we did our, our US election discussion, and this one will probably be a bit shorter. And I think our prediction was what? I can't remember. I, I seem to remember thinking Marco Rubio would would make the distance, but bow, bow, bow. Yeah, and I, I think I said I wanted Sanders to win, but that I didn't think he would. That I thought Clinton would get the nomination. And, and even though Sanders has had a bit of a resurgence in the last week, I still think that'll be the case. Yeah, he's he's not going to get the superdelegates. No. No. Um, so it's... Um, she's unlikable, he's unelectable. Uh, so, um, oddly enough, the Republicans seem to have a mirror situation as well. So, it's it's kind of it's kind of depressing. I mean, you look at you look at the adult chimps that we have uh, running in our parliament. I'm not sure that we're much better off, but no. still, well, you know what? Sadly, I think we'll get Hillary across the line. Although, um, I, I was going to say there will be the the sexist idiots who will still vote for Hillary over Trump because they think Trump's a nutbag and they'll vote for Hillary even though they may be sexist because they think, well, Bill will be there to keep her in line and tell her how to do the job properly. Well, they clearly weren't paying any attention (laughs) to administration, were they? (laughs) That's right. Um, Although, interestingly, just before I jumped on this, I was listening to one of Mark Maron's podcasts, WTF podcasts, and he had Michael Moore on. Oh. And Michael Moore, uh, it was not bad. It was quite good. Um, Michael Moore was talking about the, 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 the statistics are that 80, I think it was 82.5% of Americans now are either people of colour, female, or under 35. So there are only 175 or 8.5, whatever it is, 17.5% of Americans are white men over 35. So he's basically saying the Republicans are pretty well stuffed going into the future because it tends to be a lot of white males over 35 who think that that's what America still is, and it is so not what America is. Yeah, the trouble is that's not what the system is built on. Yeah. It's not, it's not a democracy. It's not built on a majority. In fact, most representative democracies aren't built on who the majority want. It's all built on juggling numbers. That's why you keep having district um, re, the district lines keep getting redrawn or electorates, whatever your yeah, local yeah. variation of that is. Uh, certainly some of it's to, to balance out uh, demographics based on the last census, but uh, that's clearly and obviously not the only thing at play there. 
So, uh, yes, uh, as I recall, I'm pretty sure Al Gore got the majority of mm. votes. In, in 2000. Yes, in uh, that special election. And, uh, well, that didn't do him a lot of good, did it? So, uh, yeah, it's that's just the situation that we're in, though. So, yes, I, I agree with him that it's the... Uh, the uh, the anchor demographic that the Republicans have basically been pitching at for probably, hmm, I would say probably since Nixon, maybe a bit before uh, Nixon's time, they had what was called the Southern Strategy. And basically it's exactly the same thing that they've been working away at ever since by a variety of names, which is basically uh, to appeal to people in the southern states uh, with a particular worldview. And now, well, that's, that's got them pretty much where they are now, unfortunately. Yeah. Or fortunately, depending on your outlook. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not one to judge um, how an individual feels about the world. Really, that's, that's down to you. Whether you're right or wrong is a different matter. But, uh, but we're always more right. Just by the fact we, are, we co-host a podcast means we are right. Oh yes, yes. We're we're pseudo internet celebrities, not quite. <laughs> um, the other interesting perspective on Donald Trump, um, and I'll try and find the link again and post it in the show notes, was one of his staffers, one of his more senior staffers, working on his communications on Trump's communications, resigned. I think it was only in the last week, and wrote an open letter to the American public, particularly Trump voters, saying, "Look." You need to know what's really going on here. Um, he only ever intended on being a wrecker candidate or a second runner candidate to, as a bit of a protest vote catch. He's absolutely gobsmacked. He's become the, the lead candidate. He doesn't know what he's doing. Surprise, surprise. He doesn't really have any policies. He's going to be dangerous as all hell when he gets in. Be scared. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think most people would probably disagree with that. In fact, there's been some conjecture recently that some of his more outlandish statements of the last week are designed basically to derail his... Um, yeah, that makes sense. Because he he wants out. Yeah. He didn't mean to, as, you, as, as she said, he didn't mean to get this far. Uh, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He doesn't really have a plan. And uh, now he, he wants to get out without getting lynched by the people who have supported him so far. And you can only imagine some of the crap that he is already hearing. Like, you, even with an ego the size of him, and he, there's a difference having an ego in business and, you know, building buildings and having a bunch of failures and going, yeah, I've got to work through that. And, you know, I, I've been on a TV show to actually going, holy shit, I could be the uh, if not the President of the United States, the actual guy running the general election campaign. This is insane. Mm. Yes. I think it would have to be, even for, even for him, because, um, I mean, he's seen, he's seen plenty of big ups and big downs, but it, it has to be intimidating even for him. He's, he's had a couple of incidences where, he's, especially when that guy made the, the break for the stage and uh, security had to basically surround him and, and grab the guy. Uh, that has got to give you a couple of grey hairs and I don't care who you are or what colour you dye your hair. That is still going to have an impact on 
on everything. I mean, before he would just be getting up there and they would be so in his camp and he'd be feeding off the energy and it'd be exhilarating and it would it would just be a feedback loop. That's right. And then, bang, you have just this one thing happen and all of a sudden you're just going to be standing there in front of these people thinking, how many of you out there would actually have a go if you could? How, That's and, right. How many of you aren't for me? And it, it would have to taint your entire view. It would, even, even if you're a, a sociopathic egomaniac, it would have to at least tinge. Oh, yeah. It, I can't see how it couldn't. No. Even just thinking about, oh, look, if by some reason I flew getting elected, what the hell do I say to Benjamin Netanyahu or, um, oh, I've forgotten the Chinese Premier's name at the moment, but... Um, you know, when these guys get on the, the phone and, and want to discuss a key issue, like, what the hell do I say? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Hmm. <laughs> it's a scary thought. Or, you know, when I, when I call the president of Mexico and say, look, um, I'm going to put up this wall and I want you to pay for it, and I assume that's okay, and he just laughs at me on the phone, what do I do next? Yeah, well, I mean, you've got... Advisors, you've got the the State Department and a a whole army of people to advise you on a variety of things, or at least advise your cabinet, who will then advise you. But I think that's the that's the hole he's uh, the corner he's painted himself into because he's he's very much running on that. I'm not putting up with all this bullshit advice stuff. I'll I'll make the calls and do the deals because I know what's best. And yeah, he he would know full well that's not how it works. And I actually think the chiefs of staff and all the other key infrastructure in the government would actively work against him to stop him doing stupid shit. Oh, they, they would. Uh, that's part of the, the issue with any of these sorts of things. It's a bit like um, if you think about uh, when, when the US went into Iraq or, in fact, when any country goes into any other country and not only knocks out the governing body but the bureaucracy with it, it's absolute anarchy. Yes. You need the bureaucrats. And you need the bureaucrats on your side more specifically. So, yeah, it, there's all sorts of ways that he could get circumvented. I'm, I mean, you, you look at uh, one of Obama's big things when he first came into office. He wanted to get rid of Guantanamo Bay. Yes. That's, yeah, it's a good example, actually, yeah. And, you know, it's like anything else. Until you actually get into that egg-shaped room, and you get everyone giving you the the appropriate level briefings. You don't know what the ins and outs are and why it's not such a good idea. It's great on a stump speech. Yeah. A reality check, buddy. Not going to happen unless you want this, 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 and this to happen. That's right. Yeah, it's a really good example. I mean, eight years and he still hasn't pulled it off. I think he's still got hopes he will, but I think he'll be lucky. Well, the, the Cubans are now asking for it back well they've been asking for it back for quite a long time but uh, there's even less and less reason to not at least consider it considering they're supposed they're now getting increasingly chummy yes where's the line in that relationship that should be interesting I mean they had the Rolling Stones performing in Havana for God's sake yeah they sounded good I watched one of the uh, short videos they released of it and um, I mean they always sound you know pretty good it's pretty well stage managed as you'd expect but yeah, it looked good. Yeah. The only, the only thing that concerns me about 
and this is the only thing that concerns me about closer relationships with uh, Cuba, is what's going to happen to all those uber-cool cars that have just been kept yeah. kept so lovingly? What's going to happen? There's going to be a, a bunch of Chevy Volts shipped over and, and they'd all get scrapped? What? Oh, I hope they don't lose that. Or maybe like the Teslas. Maybe that'll be a big market for Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I couldn't resist. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're dropping out. See, the horror of me attempting to jump a whole item on the running sheet to a, the fourth line item with a segue is just... Are you there now? I'm still here. Yeah, cool. Would you like to talk about the no, I don't, no, no, no. Let's go to what we're going to do. Uh, are we done with Trump? I, I think I think he will. Yeah, if he, if he's trying to implode his own campaign, uh, then he may. God forbid, you might see Ted Cruz being the nominee, which could be actually worse. Uh, it, I think it will be worse. But we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I, I can't see them. I can't see the Republicans getting in this election. I, but I have been wrong before. In fact, I just mentioned when I was wrong before. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, we'll move on from a, a topic full of um, anger and vitriol and we'll talk about Superman versus Batman <laughs> instead. Good old Superman versus Batman. Um, and, I mean, I'll put my disclaimer in. I haven't seen the movie. Um, for anyone that's listened to this or Flashpoint, I'm a real Marvel head. It doesn't mean I hate the whole bullshit around Marvel versus DC. They're both great comic companies. Anyone that, you know, takes that. It's a bit like football teams, you know. My team's better than yours. I really don't give a shit. I think it's all good. And as um, the current editor-in-chief of Marvel said just the other day that when he was asked about the new Rebirth stuff for DC Comics... He was never going to say, oh, I think it's a great idea, but he said it's always better for the comic industry when DC's in a healthy state. Um, so I haven't seen Superman vs. Batman, have no real desire to until it's released on Netflix or wherever it ends up being. I'll, I'll watch it then, but I believe you've seen it, Simon. I have, and just uh, so everyone knows, uh, for, the, for this first part at least, we're going to keep it spoiler-free. We will flag it if we do drop some spoilers, but judging from the opening weekend over Easter, I think pretty much anyone who's likely to be listening to this uh, has probably already gone and seen it. Yeah. Um, a quick shout-out as well to uh, the uh, some of the uh, the folks I saw the movie with uh, who are Utini cast members. Uh, it's terrific catching up or meeting you guys for the first time, and uh, hopefully it won't be the last. Hmm. That was a Good day out. Well, it sounds like it would have been. Oh, it was. Not too many incriminating pictures. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like most of those happened the day after, but we won't go into that. <laughs> so Superman versus Batman. This movie was hyped right up the wing-wang. Let's face it. Uh, no one who was paying any kind of attention would have missed the colossal stream of trailers that seem to reveal an awful lot about the movie and uh, quite frankly from what I've heard um, that's exactly what they did, reveal an awful lot about the movie so if you did go to it and you didn't like it, chances are you weren't paying sufficient attention but having said that, I managed to avoid pretty much all of them uh, we weren't the sort of people, were we David to watch the trailers and then go through them frame by frame, making rivets. No. 
commentaries about what this was, what that was, what could be happening and projecting. That's Well, given I'm the guy that put on the running sheet the talk topic for this at your suggestion and I put it as Superman versus Batman when the, ba- the movie's actually called Batman versus Superman, shows you how I wasn't going through it frame by frame. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, just that when you said it, I, I'm looking at it going, yeah, that's fine. And then when you said it, I thought, it doesn't sound right. And I've just Googled, no, it's Batman versus Superman, not the other way around. So that's did, my fault. Did I, I just read it off there, sorry. Yeah, no, that's my fault. <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, anyway, we could have been talking about a completely different movie. <laughs> that might be the sequel. But we weren't. So Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, that's what the movie's called. Yeah. So... David, as someone who doesn't know much about this movie, apart from any snippets of trailers you've seen, you have been very much aware of the noise that's been generated by the various sides of this debacle. So why don't you tell me and tell us, in fact, what your take on the situation is? Yeah, so my understanding is that the critics as a broad average have bagged the hell out of it. I haven't actually looked in the last week, but I know was it on Rotten Tomatoes was averaging about 30 or 40% as far as pro reviews, um, with uh, fan reviews being closer to the 80% mark. And, I, I mean, I, I tend to hear in their frequent, like comicbookresources.com forums and a couple of other... I'll read it and um, I'm on a couple of comic collecting groups on Facebook. That's where I read most of it. And there's huge variances in opinions but also lots of outrage at how much the critics have bagged it versus most of the fans that seem to have gone to have seen it enjoyed it. Um, My take on it is unless you're a viewer that, yeah, has been steeped in all that comic stuff, your ability to suspend your disbelief to the extent for you to enjoy that movie, I think, is really limited and you're always going to struggle with it. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly part of it. Also, I think it's fair to say that Zack Snyder divides opinion by default. Uh, there's a, a lot of people out there that just don't seem to think very much of him. In fact, uh, Zack Snyder and Michael Bay seem to be, if I had to think of two divisive directors they would probably be the ones i'd think of first yeah absolutely i'm I'm trying to think of another one i was going to say george lucas but no uh he i don't really call george factor he's he's a lump that sits behind mon (laughs) in front of a bruce bruce with his bloody coffee that's george lucas so long georgie thanks (laughs) Oh, I think I opened a wound there. <laughs> no, not at all. I have a very balanced outlook on the entire issue. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. But anyway, I quite like some of Snyder's work. I thoroughly enjoyed Watchmen, quite frankly. I wasn't familiar with the original comic, I have to admit. Uh, but I did subsequently go back and read it. And yes, there are some differences. But stylistically, I think he, he nailed it. Yeah, he did. I didn't feel it was uh, ambiguous. I thought the story, I thought it was all paced out perfectly well. The narrative hung together perfectly well. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, bought the Blu-ray. Now, uh, Man of Steel. Did you, you still Man of Steel, did you, David? No, look, I'll be honest. The only, um, and I assume, did Snyder do any of the more recent Batman movies? No, they were all Christopher Nolan. They were too, weren't they? Yeah, no, so short answer is no. 
And Christopher Nolan has his own problems as well. Yeah, but yeah. To that right now. Um, so there was a lot of conjecture about Man of Steel as well, especially a, a couple of pivotal bits and uh, is. All right, I'll, there'll, there'll be there's a spoiler now about uh, about, uh, about Man of Steel. Okay, uh, so lock your ears and go la 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 for about thirty seconds. So in Man of Steel, Superman kills Zod. <gasps> yes, it's shocking. I know. I all I just when you say Zod, I just think of the one from the Christopher Reeve movie and what an ugly little individual he was. Wasn't that Terence Stamp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had this daggy little goatee beard or something, didn't he? It was yeah. He looked quite ridiculous. Oh, you are. There's a there's a circle of hell reserved for people like you. Oh, uh, incidentally, uh, <laughs> it, it's a really good Hollywood report. Are you all right? No, I'm just. I sh- are you alluding to the fact that you might have a goatee beard? <laughs> Why am I going to hell for commenting on his beard? Because you you've insulted the 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 holy Donna movie. Oh, okay, fair enough. And whether or not I've got a goatee is completely beside the point. <laughs> All right, so please go on. <sighs> There's a very good Hollywood Reporter article just incidentally about the the Richard Donner movie and uh, an interview with Donner and some of the the behind the scenes stories. Uh, so Superman could have been played by Sylvester Stallone, and they could. Oh, God. Could have been a Telly Savalas, if you don't know who that is. Oh, lucky. really? Yes, Telly Savalas could have been um, making a cameo in that. So oh, I thought you meant a Superman. I thought that's ridiculous. That's <laughs> a Superman. <laughs> that's, maybe if you wanted a very Greek Lex Luthor. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. Lex Luthor or something like Or um, Was Brainiac one of his um, villains? As far as super in the DC universe, wasn't Brainiac a villain at one stage? Well, yes, yes, yes. Um, Brainiac, um, uh, amongst other things, uh, basically stole the entire city, the capital city of Krypton, Kandor, and stuck it in a bottle, effectively. He's oh, a, that's right. Uh, yes. So, wow. Tangent. Yeah, sorry. Just tell it to Valos, I thought Brainiac, but yes, yeah, Superman would have been funny. Uh, n- no. Okay. I'm <laughs> rejecting that idea out of hand. Uh, so yes, there, that movie wasn't uh, without conjecture, uh, and people complaining about the the narratives and that Superman didn't talk enough, and there was flashbacks, blah 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 blah. So yeah, whatever. Uh, the way I tend to see movies these days, as in the viewing experience, is I'm I take Yoda's advice. Every every movie theater is a dark side tree. You. What's in there is only what you take in with you. So I try to take in no expectations, no preconceptions as much as is humanly possible. And there's no such thing as an objective viewer, but you can do your best. And I find I have a lot more success enjoying movies. And I think that's one of the main problems that people have had with these is uh, Batman's so popular, Superman's so popular. And they have been pretty diverse in the various tellings of their stories and the various stories that have been told about them. So you really end up with a situation where, okay, well, okay, you're going in because you really love Superman, but which Superman is it you love? Which Batman is it you love? I was talking to um, 
the uh, the guy at uh, Comics R Us in Paran today, and he made the very good point that he didn't know why they they kept resetting things the way they do, and why they put out they just keep out one um, mainline comic and then a bunch of weaker titles. He thought that it'd be they'd do much better business if they actually put out um, parallel series of say Batman or Superman from specific periods. So you like the Golden Age Batman, you, yeah. you get a golden. You, you buy that. That's the that's the comic you buy. That's the, the the series you buy. You don't have to buy all of them if you don't want to. You like uh, the Dark Knight, or you 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 want to get DK three, you get that, and and so on. There's such diversity in these. I mean, uh, as I tweeted, in a universe that's about to get re-bloody booted again, yeah. I think there's enough space for a, a different take on the characters. Yes, the Batman in this movie uh, is, a, is older. He's older than Superman. He's been at it longer than Superman. I'm not sure if that point's made adequately clear to some people, but that is definitely the case. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a Batman who's had got quite a few miles on the clock and he's been over some pretty rough roads if we're going to continue yeah, the technology. Yeah. Um, and some of the the dark knife-twisting crap that's happened to him is alluded to at a couple of points in the first half of the film. So I actually enjoyed this Batman. It's, a, it's not one I've seen on screen before. And as far as actors go, I was not. Oh, good God, I heard about Batfleck. The idea of ben, ben Affleck, Daredevil, playing Batman. Yeah. I'm not a Batman fanboy, despite the fact that I've got a few little statues of the guy dotted around the place. Uh, I'm not intimate with the law, but I know enough. And the idea of this guy playing Batman just... Uh, I just couldn't see it. Boy, was I wrong. I, I was wrong. Completely and utterly wrong. Uh, I enjoyed Michael Keaton as Batman, not because I mean he's a, he's a short guy. He didn't mm. the stature, but he could play Bruce Wayne. He could play Batman. You could tell that there was he could be charming, but you, the undercurrent of crap that was just running so close to the surface with him. He the, the just the 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 schizophrenic, the disjointed, the the broken individual was there and he played the part really well and obviously when he played uh, Birdman that was to me that was actually a kind of a continuation of of Batman in a way his Batman he would probably be my favorite on-screen Batman okay Affleck would probably be second or first equal I've I've I can't wait to see him do a, a solo Batman film yeah because also Jeremy Irons as Alfred, oh my freaking god, um, that's that's a movie I'm going to be very happy to throw money at to go and see. Because those two work well together, even though uh, Jeremy Irons isn't on screen for that long, it, his screen he makes his screen time count. Um, quite happy with Henry Cavill, I think he makes a perfectly good Superman. Mm. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things that people were picking holes in some of which I think are just completely wrong um, but without going to spoilers I don't really 
think it's worth disrupting anyone's enjoyment of it, but maybe we can talk about that on a, another podcast, <laughs> a later one. Yes. I mean, the, the one that I hear constantly is the fact that Gotham and Metropolis are next door to each other as, mm-hmm. as a criticism. Yeah, yeah, it's that, that is true, but it's a it's a twin city. I mean, there are there are twin cities, like Tweed Heads and Surface Paradise. Yes, or Albrewood Donga. That's an <laughs> example. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know that 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 didn't make an awful lot of sense. That would it's a it's a bit like it's a bit like I I, I don't know Gotham's New Jersey and. Metropolis is or the other way around. I mean, I'm not I'm not uh, throwing shade to, on uh, on New Jersey. There's plenty of other people to do that for me. <laughs> I mean, every time Chris Christie walks by, he throws shade over New Jersey. But whoops, didn't mean to go there. <laughs> oh, see, he should have been the candidate for all these weeks. He still would have been better than what's on offer now. Wow, that's faint praise. I know, true. Um, so, was there anything you want to talk about? No, just, I mean, the other obvious thing that the fanboys, the Marvel versus DC fanboys throw up is that Marvel make better movies. I'd still argue they definitely do. I think Marvel still had some shit movies, and I mean, some of the Spider-Men, although, to be fair, they are made by Fox. But, um, you know, they've had their struggles in the movies. Yes, they've had a run of bloody good ones. Um but uh, I think that's cyclical. I think DC are due to have a good run, and this might be the start of, uh, of hopefully a good run. And I, I haven't seen it. Was Wonder Woman as amazing as it appeared in the trailer? More so. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's a positive thing because she's getting a solo movie, or is it Justice League mo- movie, or both? She's, she's getting a solo movie yeah, in yeah. Justice League. But... Yeah, she. I, I knew really nothing about it. Like I say, I managed to avoid the, the trailers. She was. She was amazing. She really was. Uh, I. There's. She doesn't appear into Wonder Woman until the, uh, until the end when the, in the climactic fight. That's not a spoiler. There's always a climactic fight. Hmm. Um, but, and she wasn't actually referred to. I don't think as Diana Prince, but is. You knew she was Wonder Woman, so of course you knew she was Diana Prince. So, no, I, th- I thought she was excellent. She and um, Ben Affleck played off each other really well. That was a nice little sort of a bit of a, a James Bond vibe they had going for a while. And as far as whether Marvel make better movies, I think they did. I'm not sure if they still do. I think they yeah they've got a lot of innovating to do before it becomes so formulaic that people start tuning out. Well, I can't help wondering if they haven't already reached that point. Mm. It's the every character seems to have uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s sort of glib, glib humour delivery. It, that seems to be the the first Iron Man movie seems to be the tone for most of the Marvel output, um, with the possible exception of uh, Captain America. Yeah, that's that's been a lot more serious, a lot more sober. Um, there's been more gravitas there. Although I, because I, I realised this before I went to see the um, Batman versus Superman was, I'm not as into Civil War as I feel I should be. It just leaves me cold. I look at it and I'm just 
Yeah. I mean, I'm keen on that one. Purely to see Black Panther in action. I want to see how well they do him. You're right, Captain America, Iron Man, and also how they integrate Spider-Man and how, how much they actually do integrate him. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, and it's more about Black Panther. But you're right, I, I mean, they are too glib, and I think that's why the Daredevil TV series is getting such rave reviews, because I tell you what, it's, it's never glib. Um, and being eight episodes into series two, it's dark, and, and their take on the Punisher is nothing short of superb. Yeah, well, and that's that's interesting because Netflix is actually appears to have the courage to go where Marvel Disney don't or haven't. Well, I mean, Mar- Marvel is producing the TV shows, like so. As far as it's still got uh, and Netflix, well, as far as I know, it's it, yeah, it is. It's a Marvel Studios production, um, and they, they, they obviously the TV and Netflix is the way that they can be more true to the original material. Yeah, but that's that's because it's being produced by Netflix and not being produced by Disney. Yeah, true. I so see what they, you mean, yeah. They're getting, they're getting that latitude to go in that direction. Although, to be fair, too, the, the Avengers and stuff like that never... Well, sorry, ne- not never, but from what I ever read at the Avengers was always, if not glib, was always a bit like the Justice League, a bit superficial, we're a bunch of heroes and we've got to save the world stuff. So, you know... It was never deep and meaningful stuff, the Avengers, or not that I read anyway. No, no, no. I think that's one of the things with the, the Snyder movies is that's kind of gotten thrown into sharp relief is, um, and I've got to admit, every time I've watched, and this is something that's been going back for years, whenever I watched uh, Superman animated shows, you know, or uh, Justice League Unlimited or anything like that, and you've got a super battle going on and you get Superman being thrown through buildings and things collapsing. The way my brain works is I always tend to look through to see end consequences. So even fairly young, I was thinking to myself, is anyone in that building? Yeah. Did they get out? No, I'm the same. And really that's what this certainly really has been punched home with uh, Batman versus Superman is just the consequences of, yes, you want your superheroes and you want them going punchy, punchy, and boom, and all of, all of giant robots, blah, blah, blah. There's consequences to that in, in any, kind of, any kind of reality, unless, unless it is, everything is just cardboard cutouts and superficial characters. If you want any kind of depth, any kind of sense of reality, and yes, I know we're talking about costumed freaks wandering around saving the world, but even if you're giving it any kind of grounding, with normal people wandering around, normal people get in the way. That's right. They're inconvenient. They create mess. They get squashed very, very easily. And that's where Marvel, again, they don't address that well in the movies, but they seem to be using the TV shows to address that. So you'll just, every few episodes in Daredevil, Jessica Jones, I've actually never watched um, Agent Carter or um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... Um, you just hear the odd allusion to how people have been impacted and people getting angry about how all those other superheroes, you know, vigilantes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they can they can spend a bit of time on it in the TV shows and uh, Agents of Shield and um, Agent Carter. I think are, they're both and Jessica Jones actually, or slightly different. I know, but all very well done. So and yeah, but the last Avengers movie, what do we get? We get giant giant robots uh, or giant Iron Man and 
crap of running around, what was it, Cape Town or Johannesburg or somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and then an entire city getting lifted out of the ground and somehow miraculously pretty much everybody, apart yeah. from Silver, which I'm still not happy about, um, get uh, everyone gets out and... Yeah, I, in all honesty, I'll take I'll take Zack Snyder's ground version of a grounded superhero universe over that piece of crap. That was just absolutely ridiculous. That uh, maybe that's why I'm not looking forward to Captain America. Yeah, because they they just they jumped the shark. With yes, they could have ridiculous powered motorcycle. Um, yeah. um, it's that was that was just, they've reached a level of stupidity that. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to come back from for a while. I think that's why Daredevil was so good, even though, again, not the same people producing it, because it was a smaller story. Yes. Um, bring on the Dazzler movie. I'm still holding my flame, a flame in my heart for that. I thought you'd be more looking forward to Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> you know what? Um, the, the best superhero trailer I've seen in the last two weeks and the, and the now two trailers, have you seen the Lego Batman trailers? Um, I've got the Lego Batman games. No, well, this is the Lego Batman movie. So you remember the Lego movie obviously came out, was it year before last, last year? I love that movie. Oh, it's brilliant. Well, the sequel to it is the Lego Batman movie. And just in the last week, they've released two trailers and both of them are just superb. Unfortunately, it's not out till next year, but I cannot wait. Uh, the, uh, the Lego, it's not a movie... Obviously, it's for the the game, but the Lego uh, Force Awakens trailer is also well worth a look if you haven't already seen it. Okay, cool. Now, well, make sure you do look at those, some because if you love the Lego movie, you will love these two trailers. I shall do that. And so shall everyone listening. Yes. On Batman. Yes, there's none of that in this movie, which is good. No, that's... <laughs> um, uh, speaking of um, I'm Batman... Another natty car is the test model three. <laughs> that was that was pretty good. Well, it's a struggle. Yeah, and we, we, look, we're getting long on time. So yeah, Tesla Model Three. I've been a fan of the Tesla as far as I've never seen one in real life, but the videos and that I've seen it, it totally appeals to me, um, both environmentally and just they they look nice. They're just not cheap, but they they've released it with the Model Three, isn't it? And I think they're starting at about thirty five thousand. I assume that's US US dollars. Yep. So still not cheap for us down here, but compared to a normal car, but. Gee, an electric car that can go naught to 60 in six seconds. There's not a lot to dislike, is there? No, no, it's not too bad at all. Uh, 345 kilometre range per charge, seats five adults, uh, five-star safety rating, autopilot safety features. So I believe they've got the hardware for the autonomous vehicle is going to be built into That's right. And you can also pre-order them. So delivery is supposed to begin late 2017. Okay. Look, and, I mean, 345Ks, if you're in uh, most European countries, that's more than enough. You know, in the US, Canada, here, it's it's going to be a little bit challenging, but I'm assuming – I actually said the other day to someone there could be a huge business option to park – have a um, recharging station next door – to McDonald's or anything, then it, but then I realised that that's actually not the way it'll go. McDonald's and Hungry Jacks and all the service stations will have their own recharging stations. Yeah. So if you're McDonald's, why wouldn't you? 
like you'd go, yep, yeah, there's there's ten spots we're going to allocate to recharging. Then the poor bastards have to come in and eat our crap while they recharge. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's going to be a, a fair few business opportunities here to to cater to that sort of thing. But also, I think the people that buy these are going to be buying them for inner city motoring. I don't think yeah, that's right. Driving on the you know uh, into city no. particularly, although it's like an extremely comfortable vehicle. It I. The one thing I can't... It looks like a very nice car. The one thing I can't get used to is there's no grill on the thing. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It just looks like they forgot something. Yeah, no, no need for the air inlet. But, yeah, you're right. It looks bizarre. But you've got lots more storage space. You do. Um, yeah, I'd just love to test drive one. I, I think, you know, as podcasters of, in a non-motoring-related podcast, we'd have to be high up the priority for a test drive. I think so. Well, with sort of pseudo technology. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I just want to see them take off because, you know, the whole fossil fuel issue. So hopefully they, but they're still going to have to probably halve in price again before you see any real mass take up. They, yes, that's true. Well, it is a, a lot more a car for the rest of us. And I have to tell you, one of the things I think is really kind of cool about it is the front windshield the roof and the back windshield are all one piece of glass yeah see that is cool that is it it just looks kind of amazing so well worth a look i have a feeling that due to the australia tax it will probably be like 70 grand yeah or so uh, local money because look at what they did with the playstation vr actually no that's actually pretty close to the exchange rate god damn I mean, 70 grand, I mean, that's equivalent of sort of two We Hate People podcast advertising revenue. It's out of our reach. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have to start that Patreon thing. <laughs> yeah. Start Patreon and then, and then as a special, a special gift to subscribers, we could put all the outtakes in. Except there are no outtakes on this podcast because David doesn't like editing. No, that's right. All goes in, warts and all. Oh, for the original, if you wanted lots of outtakes from the original uh, Flashpoint Ed episodes, I think I used to cut little bits there, but that's about it. Yeah, I, d- I don't think five minutes of people clearing their throat <laughs> is really going to no. get, get us too many fans. Damn. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there is one person who did have a lot of fans. Um, who would that be? An older gentleman? Well, tell me if you recognise this. Ring any bells? So was that their theme tune? That was the theme tune to the two Ronnies, yes. See, and uh, look, I grew up with the two Ronnies. My recollection is they're on a Friday evening on the ABC. I I would have watched, oh, God knows how many hundred episodes of that, if there were hundreds of episodes, although I just watched them over and over um, with grandparents and parents. Um, I had no recollection of that as the theme tune. It just obviously never resonated. Ah, Interesting. Lots of brass, as you'd expect in the 70s. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I, that was written by Ronnie Hazelhurst, who did an awful lot of BBC themes. Um, uh, Michael Crawford's, uh, what was it called now? Uh, Some Mothers Do Have Them. Oh, yeah. He did the, what was that? Was that like a flute or a 
tin flute or something? Something like that, yeah. Did you do It, it Ain't Half Hot Mum? There was another classic one from that era. Yeah. Uh, I think he did the theme to um, to The Manor Born. There's, oh, yeah. There's certain, there's certain uh, sort of uh, elements in, in that particular piece that's reminds me of a, a bunch of other BBC output from the, the 70s, 80s. But anyway, what we're talking about, if, you, um, if you're old enough or young enough to find the whole thing kind of retro and old school and nostalgic, we're talking about the passing of Ronald Balfour Corbett, otherwise known as Ronnie Corbett, who was born in uh, December 1930 and, of course, passed on the 31st of March this year. So, yeah, pretty much uh, a, a staple for a lot of people. I think he's one of the – he and Ronnie Barker would have been anchor personalities in BBC oh, yeah. light entertainment for uh, ages. I mean, they started off in the, in the 60s with uh, David Frost's The Frost Report and then kind of rolled over and – doing their own show and I, I think that lasted for was it it must have I think it ran for about a decade the two Ronnies yeah yeah I'll look it up but yeah I would have thought at least 10 years oh, for, for, oh, hang on here we go 1971 to 1987 so it went for longer than that 16 years god yeah. longer so yeah uh, I mean Ronnie Barker passed quite a, a while ago. Is that why it finished? I'm just wondering if that's why they finished even then, because he, he would have dropped off the twig about then. Uh, no, actually, I think he died just after they got back together again to start doing um, some some new shows. Oh, okay. Specials. They were going to do a limited run of specials. So if you haven't ever watched uh, an episode of The Two Ronnies, well worth a look, because they sure as hell don't make shows like that anymore. No. Probably good reasons uh, <laughs> uh, some awfully aggy jokes and uh, a little bit of light racism as was yeah. the, as, as was normal for the time but uh, yeah I I think I think it's it was a good watch was, and what, I love the theme tune I, I like the theme tune yeah it's very catchy um, one of the early they were probably one of the earliest shows too that when they do did their news reading segment um ronnie corbett in particular would laugh at ronnie barker's jokes either because he hadn't heard them before he still found them amusing enough to laugh and and actually you know um let let him let his discipline slip there and you didn't see that often in that that era oh yeah well they they tended to they just that just seemed to be their dynamic was he'd he'd have a, a bit of a I laugh about things. It didn't, it didn't seem to bother him. It didn't seem to bother either of them. No, it was great. I think because for someone of his stature, trying to be put, do something with the same gravitas that Ronnie Barker could do, who's a a, a larger man with a deeper voice. Yeah, um, he could he could do the whole serious news reading thing, and you know, Corbett was a a, a small man with a a high pitched voice with a. Still a faint trace of these uh, original Scots accent in yeah, there, yeah. if you if you were paying attention. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I think the the last work that anyone would be familiar with probably would be the work he did uh, with. I think he was with Ricky Gervais in extras, wasn't it? Extras, yes. Yeah, he's also on. Would I lie to you? The Rob um, Bryden 
quiz show, which I love that show to bits. He's been on there a few times. Yeah. By all accounts, a very nice guy. And John Cleese said that uh, he had comic timing second to none. He's often quite underappreciated, I think, because, yeah. I mean, Barker's light shone so brightly. He, that, he was a genius. But Corbett as well was a very, very capable comedian. And uh, often, often suffered, suffers by comparison, but yeah. that's probably unfair. But anyway, um, in John Cleese, you mentioned, reminded me. Um, I'm just looking, 16th of February, so it would have been since the last episode. I had a brush with the Pythons. Oh, do tell. Well, with one in particular. So um, I found this really funny um, uh, letter John Cleese wrote to a fan. Um, it was a young boy, and basically the the, the boy had said, "Could I um, uh, get your autograph or something?" And John Cleese wrote back and said, "Look, I'm much too important to be doing this stuff, and I I, I should have a fan club, but for some reason I don't. But just because I'm a nice guy, here's an autograph." And it was quite a funny letter. I just tweeted, um, I took a screenshot of, I found it on Reddit or something. Took took a screenshot, posted it on on Twitter, and. Um, I get a tweet back from the real Eric Idle. No. Yeah, seriously. And I've, I've confirmed it's his official account. Um, and it was just prior to his Australian tour. I think they've just finished, him and John Cleese toured Australia, uh, fi- uh, only finished up in the last, I don't know, month. Um, and it was just a simple, like, Eric Idle, he just went, would it be wrong of me to say he's a very funny fellow? And then I responded with something. I haven't got the full confidence. And then he responded back to me again. I can't. Um, oh, here's a letter John Cleese wrote. So, dear Matthew, I'm afraid I'm much too important to write notes to people like you. Please remember that I am very, 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 very important. <laughs> However, there is no John Cleese fan club, despite my importance, because they are all murdered in 1983 by Michael Palin's fan club. I enclose a photograph to remind you of my importance. Yours sincerely, John Cleese. And so when I first got the tweet, I thought, oh, I can't be the real Eric Idle, but it's actually his official account. So I was a bit thrilled by that. Yeah, I would be as well. Particularly given I had nothing to do with the original letter and I just screenshotted it, but I'm, I'm taking what I can get. As, as we do on this podcast. Yeah. So anyway, just Ronnie Corbett, John Cleese, Eric Idle, legends. Indeed. And, and Ronnie Barker. Yes. And Jimmy Savile. Oh, no, sorry, wrong guy. Sorry. I, I wish I had a cricket sound effect. <laughs> oh, it's been a long weekend. Yeah. Um, and at that point, <laughs> I think we'll slam the break on. Yes. We'll call that a show. If anyone's in hell, I hope it's him and I hope he's roasting slowly. Jimmy hey. Savile, I mean, not you. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Are you quite done? I've talked about Daredevil, haven't I? Yes. Yeah. Walking Dead finale tomorrow night. So you're not quite done. Um, you don't watch it, though, do you? No. Uh, apparently, the there's multiple news reports over many months that um, the cast themselves found this finale extremely disturbing, lost sleep, night before shooting, weren't sleeping, um... Norman Reedus was speechless for a day after actually shooting it. It's fascinated to know what the hell goes down. This uh, this report you're referring to didn't come out on the 1st of April, did it? 
No, no, no. So the first time was a couple of months back, and then this one was uh, second or third of April. No, apparently it's been rumoured, and so I, I don't think it's a spoiler alert because I don't know this stuff myself. But apparently in the comics, someone dies, a central character dies in a really, really gruesome way, even for The Walking Dead. So my guess is it's something along those lines. Goody. Yeah, that's that's about half the course for a finale on The Walking Dead, anyway. You should watch them, mate. You'd enjoy them. I would, but uh, I ended up buying all of the... Oh, God, I really am starting to sound more like a DC fanboy for every second. Um, I bought all of the animated DC movies (laughs) on Google Play, and I'm working my way through those. And then I've got... Justice League and Justice League Unlimited too. That's a trouble, and there's just not enough time. I mean, I'm I'm trying to get through Daredevil. Um, House of Cards season four's now been out a few weeks. I'm dying to watch that. And then Walking Dead's about to finish. Game of Thrones is about to start. Oh, I was going to say, I hope that's not anytime soon because I am going to be royally screwed. Yeah, April the seventeenth, fourteenth. Anyway, it's 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 only a few week, couple of weeks away. That's not. When am I going to get all my TV viewing, cartoon viewing, movie viewing? And Games. In? I know. This is just unreasonable. And that 11-22-63 miniseries, the Stephen King book, which is brilliant on its own piece, I mean, it's just about to finish. It's got one episode to go and it's been superb. Oh, if only there was somewhere I could record all of the television programs I don't have time to watch. Nah, it doesn't exist, that sort of tech. No. No. Damn so it. I'm finished now, sorry. Something involving some kind of magnetic tape would be ideal. Yeah, some some funky name like Beta, I don't know, something like that. Beta and, Max. And you're just being stupid. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right, now I'm definitely throwing the brakes on. Please um, do. Unless you've got something else to say. No, nah, all good. You sure? Yes. Are you really sure? <laughs> Rest in peace, Bob Ellis, you'll be missed. Now I'm finished, totally, full stop at the end of that. You're just waiting for me to say something so you can say something else. No, that's the way you operate. No, I'm saying that's it, I'm done. That's harsh. If you have any ideas or suggestions, please feel free to email contact at oceanicgamer.com or you can tweet David using at Creative Shed or me at RPGBeatsRL. For earlier episodes, visit creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you very much for listening and putting up with probably the longest, most ramblingest, that's not a word, but I'm using it, ending ever. But if you've enjoyed any of that, please remember to subscribe. And thank you very much again for listening. Say goodbye, David. (laughs) Goodbye. I was going to say goodbye, David, again, but I did that last episode. Stop talking now. Shh, shh, shh. Bye. Bye.